Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Our verse this morning will be 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 15, reading through chapter 2, verse 1. And I will apologize now for butchering the names, but we will do our best. So if you read along with me, I won't feel so bad because everybody else will get it wrong as well. Verse 15, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Pelagius and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onephesus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you haven't met me, uh, my name is Eric, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at New King. Just want to get set up to start with here. If you, uh, if you don't have a Bible this morning, and you'd like one, just raise your hand, and one of the people, the lovely people in the back, will, will come running to you and supply you with a Bible. They will run. So um, I'm going to talk today about service in the church. And in this passage, Paul gives two examples of service for us to consider. One is bad service. We have these two guys that, that run away. One is good service. We have this guy that uh, brings refreshments, it says. He refreshed Paul. And I really struggled this week through this passage wondering why Paul mentioned both of these guys. What's he getting at? Why does he mention both of these when obviously Timothy knows about both of them already? Why is he bringing both of these situations to our attention? The name of my sermon today is The Reality of Service. Sometimes you have people that discourage you when you serve. Sometimes people don't serve you. That's reality. But then you have people that come into your life and you serve them. 
and you have people come into your life and they serve you and you're refreshed. So there's two problems I got to talk about right up front with this. The first one is when you serve, you're going to be let down in some way. The second problem is when you hear me talk about service, many of us, many of you, have an immediate response. It's like, oh boy, here we go. Eric's going to beat us up. And we're going to feel guilty. And yep, here we go. The load is going to be piled on. Funny thing about Scripture. Both problems are answered in this passage. So I have three points to make. Number one, the reality of service, it can disappoint. Verse 15. Point two, the reality of service, it gives life. Verses 16 to 18. And then the strength for both. Chapter 2, verse 1. That's my outline. You ready? Let's pray first. Father God, help me to bring this message to our hearts, to my heart. Help me to hear what these scriptures have to say. Empower me to speak your word, Father, through your Holy Spirit, that it touches us and change our lives. Help us, Father. Help me, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, just where are we in Timothy? First off, quick introduction. We've got to know where we are. Paul's in prison. He's in chains. He's awaiting execution. He writes a letter to Timothy, probably the last letter that we have. And he starts off by talking about Timothy. He says, you're my dear son in the faith, and you have an amazing heritage. You have a grandmother, you have a mother that were faithful. Fan into flame the gift of God. Be encouraged by that. Don't be ashamed of Jesus or of me, his prisoner, because God gave us a spirit not of fear. You got that? Not of fear, but of power and of love and self-discipline. Paul isn't ashamed because he knows whom he has believed. Jesus. And Timothy is to follow the pattern of healthy doctrine. And he has help. He's not there alone. He has the Holy Spirit, it says. Verse 14, who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And now come these two examples that we read just a minute ago. So let's look at the negative one, the reality of service that can disappoint. Verse 15, Paul says, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. I think that last guy had something to do with milk products, maybe, Hermogenes. I, I think that's why he got his name. I don't know. Paul says, 
first thing he says is, you are aware, Timothy. Timothy, you know what happened here. You know how this played out. Oh, Timothy, my dear child in the faith, you know full well what happened. And then it mentions uh, all those in Asia. This is talking about Asia Minor. Uh, it's Turkey today, what we would call Turkey. Just so you know, modern-day Turkey. The capital is Ephesus, right? And it says, people were turned away from me. The Greek word means to desert. Desert. I'm not talking about apple crisp and Oreos, am I? I'm talking about somebody leaving to desert. They turned away, Paul said. They left me. They deserted me. And it hurt. And you know all about it, Timothy. It hurt. How do I know it hurt? Because what does Paul say? He says, all those in Asia. Well, it probably doesn't mean every single Christian in that day living in Asia Minor turned away. It doesn't really mean that. Paul is saying, when these guys left, it felt like everybody left me. It hurt me. And it hurt you too. It had an effect. These guys deserted. And it hurt. Why did they leave? The implication is they were ashamed because further on it talks about the other guy and he was not ashamed. They were ashamed either of the gospel of Jesus or of Paul himself and his, and his chains. And Paul felt it deeply. And Timothy felt it too. Now, you're probably wondering what is going on up here with this sword, right? You're kind of wondering what's going on here. Um, you know the story where um, Peter cuts off the high priest's ear? You know that story? I, so I need a volunteer. <laughs> Miss Shirley, your hand went up first. I can't believe it. No, I'm not going to talk about that. So I want to tell you something. Listen, I want to tell you something about this word to leave. It was used in ancient Greek to mean something else. And you've all seen it in the movies a half a dozen times, if not a dozen times. It means to take the sword and sheath it. That's what the word's used for. It means to say, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to stand with you. I'm going to take my sword and I'm going to put it away and I'm going. And in the movies, the hero says, well, we don't need them anyway. And he bucks up and away they go and they fight the bad guys. These guys were saying, Paul, we're not going to serve with you. And they sheathed their swords and they turned. And they left. What's the reality of service? <laughs> it's messy. <laughs> it's hard. 
We fail. Me too. We desert. Every one of us at one time or another will put our sword in our sheath and say, I'm not going to stand with you. I can't. I won't. Any of you that have led service know the frustration of those that won't meet their commitments and they sheath their sword and they walk away. You know what that's like. You felt it. Haven't you? I'm going to fail you. I probably already have and you just haven't told me. See, we're all in this together. It's not me standing up here beating you with that thing saying, come on, get better. Don't be like this. I could have given you a sermon that just said, don't be like this and, and just gone on and talked about the rah-rah stuff. The reality of service is it's hard. Churches are not perfect places. You're going to be disappointed. I'm going to disappoint you. The other pastors are going to disappoint you. The serve team leaders are going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint each other, and you're going to disappoint yourself. That's the reality. Right? I have to tell you the truth. I have to be truthful. See, our theology has to work. It has to work in the real world. I just can't stand up to you and give you the rah-rah thing. I'm going to do that in a minute. Don't worry. I can't stand up and, and be dishonest about it. So many churches are a disaster. I am so thankful to be here, but I know we're not perfect. What do we do? <laughs> Chapter 2, verse 1. That's what we do, and I'm going to get there. So now let's keep moving through the passage. Just hold that thought. Hold that thought. It's the grace of Jesus. Okay, hold that thought. Let's look at the next section. Verses 16 to 18, the reality of serving, it gives life. Here's the rah-rah part. Here's the fun part. So let's just start out by saying, what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to serve? There's a verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which, works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The idea behind this is that we are created to serve. And when we do, there'll be life for others and life for us. It works both ways. It's like the sword, it cuts both ways. Life for you, life for me, life for the church body, life for everyone. So serving is to do the things that God has prepared for us. We call them works. We call them service. Because that's why we're created in Christ Jesus. That's what we're created for. And so we want to have in New King Church a culture of service. And I'm going to tell you why. So, so 
Back to our passage, verse 16. Look down a little bit. It says right in the middle, Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. I use that word refreshment. He refreshed me. What does service look like at its core? Refreshment. The Greek word means to cool, like air conditioning when it's hot, or to restore breath. To restore breath. Serving is CPR. It's giving help and support to people around you. It's breathing into them the breath of life. That's what, that's what, that's what service is. It's refreshment. And what does it look like? I'm going to give you three or four things to, from this passage of what it looked like. It starts with purpose. Purpose. Verse 17. But when he arrived, it says in Rome, he didn't just show up there for no reason. He showed up with purpose, with intentionality. He showed up to do something. Did he not? Service begins with purpose, with intentionality. When you walk through your neighborhood, are you intentional? Are you looking? When you go in the grocery store, are you intentional? Do you go in there with purpose, not just to get a jug of milk and a loaf of bread? Do you see the person behind the counter? And do you breathe a little breath of life into them by just seeing them, seeing them, and looking them in the eye and saying, Hey, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you're here this morning. When, how long have you been here? A long day for you? And mean it. It's purpose. It's intentionality. When you come to New King Church, are you intentional? Do you come with purpose? Do you come saying, how might I see someone in this congregation and breathe a little life into them? How can I do that? Do I come with that? Oh, man, can you imagine what this place would be like? Oh, I already know what it's like, because you guys do that. I can't tell you how many times I walk in this door, and people greet me, and they hug me, and they speak a word in my ear. Man, keep doing that. Do more of it. Be intentional. Come with purpose to breathe life. So it begins with intentionality. But service is dangerous. It's risky business. Verse 17, when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me. He searched for me. Eric, what are you going to pull out of that? <laughs> Paul is in prison. He was imprisoned by the Romans, by the Romans, probably for sedition or insurrection, and he was sentenced to die, right? He's an insurrectionist. And so this guy, Onesimus, Onesiphorus, shows up, and he searches and searches for Peter, it or for, for Paul. It takes a while for him to find it. So he's going around asking 
dangerous questions about a dangerous man. You get it? You're on board, yeah? When you identify with an insurrectionist, you're guilty now yourself by association. It's dangerous. Didn't stop him. Every person he asked was a risk. Every person you breathe a little life to, there's a little risk, isn't there? Are you willing to take the risk? People's lives are messy. People's lives are difficult. People's lives are also beautiful. Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to live out the danger? Are you willing to come alongside someone here? Are you willing to do it? Will you do it? And say, hey, how's your week been? And then pour in. Don't just say, yeah, 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 let me tell you about my week. No, 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 no. No, don't wait for them to finish so you can start. Listen. I had a tough week. Took our baby to the ER. Oh, man. Are you willing to take a risk? Serving is risky. Man, I got to get going. Serving takes commitment. When he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly. And then he found me. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't sheathe his sword and say, well, I tried for a couple of days. I guess I'm going to head back to Ephesus and be with my family. <clears throat> I did my service. No. It took commitment and it was hard work. He searched and he searched earnestly, diligently, until he found him. He followed through. Service means to have commitment and follow through even when it's hard. Serving is wherever you are. In Ephesus, or in Rome. It says in Ephesus, he was not ashamed. He refreshed me. He came to Rome and he found me and he served me. Our second value here at New King is hospitality. It means not just being hospitable when someone comes to your house. Every, you've heard this a hundred times, 101. Every place you are, you bring the breath of life through the person of Jesus into that situation. That's your service. And that's why Jesus is our first value, because it's him we bring. We bring that. We share that. We take a risk, and we say, yeah, I'll, I'll come get you and give you a ride to church. I'll come over and help you with that. I'll listen. I'll pray with you. Oh, oh, I, I can help you. Let's have a little Bible study together, maybe. I don't know what it looks like. Every situation's different. So, purpose, danger, commitment, wherever you are, but it has tremendous benefits. Serving is so appreciated. Verse 18 you well know all.
the service he rendered at Ephesus. You all know it. Do you know those people that they walk into a room and they just look for other people? I, I used to work in a big corporate company and I got promoted one time up into a higher management position and I got hauled off to corporate and we had a big meeting and we're in this room and I'm standing around like a numbhead and I'm in my father's suit and I'm all uncomfortable and I don't know what to do or where to look or how to stand. And then the big boss comes in, the president of the company, and he scans the room and he looks around and he stops at me and he comes right over to me and says, hi, my name is Marshall, you're new here. Couldn't believe it. You see those people. Be like that. Scan the room. Look. Be intentional. Reach out because it means so much. And everybody benefits from it. Everybody benefits from it. It creates a community where there's life, doesn't it? started coming to New King back in the summer of 2020 into the fall and then uh, my wife and I decided to go here full time so we had about a six months where we were just kind of kind of checking it out if you will and, and I did a couple little things here and there I wasn't really involved in surface we were just kind of kind of there and then I was welcomed onto one of the surf teams And about a month later, my wife and I were having dinner with a couple of our kids, and they said, what has come over you? What is going on in your life? You can't stop talking. You're more animated and crazy than ever. Your hands are going. You're knocking everything over. You're talking about this church. What is going on there? I'm serving. I'm serving. I'm getting into people's lives. And it's transforming me. It's transforming me. It's giving me life. It's changed me. My kids are like, what? Dad, come on, take a chill pill. <laughs> That's a really old saying, isn't it? It's like from the 1940s or something, right? I mean, I <laughs> go with it, right? Okay. Dad, what has come over you? My daughter in particular, that I've never seen you like this before. I'm getting into people's lives. I'm serving them. It's made all the difference. That's the only change. I was still going to the same place. What was the difference? I was serving people. You get me? It will give you life. Practical examples at New King Church. Come to church. Easy because you're all here. <laughs> you got that one covered. Check. Regularly. Be committed. And maybe, maybe you're in a spot right now where that's all you can do is get to church. You know what? That's service. I cannot living believe how full this place is this morning. You're serving me. 
I told Taylor I was scared to death before coming up here because so many people I am. You don't know the encouragement of just you coming is to other people. You don't understand, maybe, how important your presence is. You don't know how it warms our hearts to see people coming in the door and to say, oh, you're back. You're here. Oh, you want to learn more about Jesus. And you may come in the door and you're a wreck. I don't care. You're here. That is service. Maybe that's all you can do, and that's okay. It's all you got. Get involved in people's lives. Look for the lonely person. Look for the person that may be sitting alone. Get involved in community groups. Pour yourselves into people. Start getting to know people. Very simple. We are, our fabric is community groups. Sunday morning is great. Our fabric is community groups of getting to know each other deeper so we can serve them more and serve each other better. That's where the life is. Get involved in the ministries at New King Church. The serve ministries. There's two right now that need people. There's two. I'm not ashamed to tell you. There's two. We need help. We need help. We need people to come in and take that step and serve and be committed to that. One is the hospitality team. And that is one that I find gives me the most tremendous life of all, to stand at the door and say, good morning. Welcome to New King. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, is this, is this your first time? Oh, it's the second time. What brought you back? Do you need anything? Let me take you back to where the kids are and let me help you. I can't tell you what that does for my soul to be able to do that. Maybe you're an introvert. Okay. It's all right. Maybe give it a try. Hospitality team needs help. Children's ministry needs help. There's got to be a meeting right after the service for that. This is for the older kids, not nursery. We need help. What a great problem to have. We got more kids. Oh, my word. Do you know we prayed for that? We prayed for families. We prayed for kids. Increase it. We're going to have another Sunday school class starting up here pretty quickly. Oh, my word. Come help us. You don't have to teach. You can be a helper. Just come. There's opportunities. So those two I just named this morning. Okay, almost more than halfway through. Make sure I got everything covered. Okay, now we get to chapter 2, verse 1. You know, of course, that in the original letter that there weren't chapter breaks, right? So it's interesting they put that there. Um, it says, you then. Well, if you look it up, it really means therefore. Right? Ben talked about that last week or the week before. It points back to what was just said. What is the therefore, therefore? So you ask that question. This verse, 
has something to say about bad service and good service. It's relevant. It's connected. Therefore, so then, you then, Paul says, my child. Affection. Relationship. This is important. You then, my child, Timothy. Problem number one. How do we handle people when they let us down? When they take their sword and they sheathe it? And they desert us? Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How does that work? First, we look to our Savior Jesus. And we see that he was deserted at every turn. People turned their back on him and ran. On the cross, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? If there's anyone that knows about desertion, it's Jesus. So we can go to him because he understands exactly what we're going through. We have a high priest that was one of us and knows us. So we have him as our resource because he's been through it. That's number one. Number two, what did he do with the deserters? He forgave them all. He forgave them all. The key, I don't have to go on and on about this, is to somehow, with the grace of Jesus, forgive. I mean, you look at the description of the churches in the Bible, in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians is a disaster. A whole letter was written about a church that was messed up. You look at the seven letters to seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Disaster upon disaster. It's going to happen to you. Remember what I talked about before. We all know it. Maybe we felt it. What do we do? Jesus is not surprised by it. We shouldn't be either. Not to say that we go around waiting for the axe to drop or the shoe to drop. I wonder why does the shoe drop? I wonder where that expression comes from. The axe to fall. We don't go around just waiting for people to disappoint us. No, no, no. But when it happens, we say, yeah. What does grace mean? Grace means that I'm a sinner. 
and that I'm no different and that we're all in it together. And this person may have disappointed me, and this person may not have shown up for their commitment, and this person may not have come to pick me up when they said they were going to do, and this person really didn't listen to me. It's life. We've got to forgive. We've got to let it go. We've got to dump a bucket of grace on it because that's how Jesus dealt with it. That's our resource, unlimited grace to deal with it. That's why that verse is there. Paul says, you are aware. And then he says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The grace to overlook wrongdoing. The grace to let it go. The grace to pardon. Paul says, you then, my child. I say to you this morning, new king, with love and affection in my heart, when you're let down by the leadership, by your Christian friends, you have an immense resource to draw from. My dear friends, my sons and daughters, my mothers and fathers, my brothers and sisters, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That is the solution. Now what about problem two? What about problem two? How do we serve without it being a burden on us? Same answer. Our strength for service comes from grace. You understand me? Completely bathed in grace. Not guilt. Not shame. Not heavy-handed. Not because you want to please the pastors. Not because you want to check the boxes. Not rule-based. Not the law. But the grace of Jesus. That's why we serve. And what does that mean? Exactly. To see like Jesus saw. To do what Jesus did. If you read through the Gospels. You can't help but see clearly in case after case, Jesus saw those around him. There was a guy up in a tree. He looked up in the tree. He saw him. Today, I'm going to come eat with you. Remember that, Zacchaeus? Last Wednesday, we looked at the woman at the well, on, at the well in, in John chapter 4. And uh, Jesus goes to get a drink. This woman shows up. He starts talking to you, to her. He sees her. And Jesus responds, what are you doing talking to me? You shouldn't even be talking to me. Jesus saw her. And he took time to get to know what was going on. Jesus sees people. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not about guilt and shame. It's seeing people for where they are and coming to them. That's what Jesus did over and over and over to enter into their lives with love and compassion. That's service. The grace of Jesus. 
means to come alongside them and breathe a little life into them. It means that we press our lips against their lips and we breathe. It means we take our hand and we press into their heart and we give them life. Are you willing to do that? This is grace. This is compassion. This is not rules and regulations. This is the grace of Jesus. That should compel us. Thank you. Know who it is. Know who it is we serve. Who we really serve. Verse 12 says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm not ashamed. Know whom we serve. I'm going to turn over to Matthew 25. This is astounding. This is absolutely astounding. There's two things I want to bring out of this. If you're there, Matthew 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, come to you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when did we do all these things? And they name them all off. Verse 40, and the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Who do we serve? Ultimately, ultimately it's Jesus. When Onesiphorus went to Rome and searched for Paul and visited him in prison, he was visiting Jesus. He was doing it to him. He was serving Jesus. We have to understand that our service is much bigger than we ever thought it was. When we do it, we're serving Jesus. That's number one. Number two, listen. Did you catch the list of things that Jesus named off? Some of them, maybe if you're really strong, you can do. Maybe if you're strong, you can go visit someone that's sick. You can bring them a meal. Maybe you can sit. You can wipe their brow. Maybe you can do that if you're strong. What if you're not strong? Say hello to a stranger. Maybe that's all you got, but Jesus loves it. He remembers it. He knows it. You're doing it to him. It's a whole spectrum of service that you can do based on where you are. So don't be guilty. Don't be shamed about, well, I can't do what so-and-so does. Do what you can do. Can you say hello to somebody? A stranger? Can you do that? There it is. And finally, one more point. How do we serve without, without it becoming a burden? We do it in the strength of the grace of Jesus. We know who we serve. We know what he's like. We know he, he appreciates the whole spectrum of service. It's not the big things. Sometimes it's even the little things that matter. And finally, Finally, because we want to be like Jesus. Here, here's something I, I, I kind of picked up on. This character, Onesiphorus, he's a picture of Jesus. 
Onesiphorus came to seek Paul in prison. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Onesiphorus came to serve and refresh Paul. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So one came to seek, the other came to seek. One came to serve, the other came to serve. What about this last part, the die? Well, listen to this. Some Bible scholars think that Onesiphorus is probably dead at this point. Really? How do you know that? If you look at verse 16, there's a prayer there. It says, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, to his household. Mercy for them. Why? Because he was away, maybe. Maybe because he was dead. And then the other prayer is, May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. That day when the king comes and his reward's in his hand. So some people think that Onesiphorus served until he died. And that's my final message for you today. Serve till you die. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You have value in God's sight and you're left here with purpose. Serve. Based on where you are, that's okay. I have a sword, though. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> based, based on where you are, come with purpose. Come with desire. Serve. So, who will serve with me? Come on. Who will serve with me? Will you serve with me? Will you serve your neighbors as yourselves? Will you serve those around you? When you leave this place, will you look for places to serve? Will you do that? Stand up. Will you serve? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for Jesus and this grace. Father, we pray for strength in his grace to serve, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though it's messy. Oh, Father, we love your son, Jesus, and we want to be like him. Help us to serve like he served from now until we die. Help us, Father. We have the grace of Jesus to strengthen us. We have the Holy Spirit to give us power and energy. We have you to love us and reward us. Help us to serve, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.